mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work. I am John Peck. This is episode 22. And today we have a hotshot Hollywood director, writer, actor, producer type, Danny Mack. Now, he's actually a very, very nice man. He's a Canadian. He's yet to be corrupted by Hollywood, but he's on his way, I believe. Uh, when I was in San Francisco, I had the chance to attend the premiere, at least the uh, California premiere of Hill Kick, which is his mockumentary about uh, backyard wrestling. And I, along with everyone else that I saw it with, was really blown away by how just awesome this movie was. It was hilarious. It was really well written. Uh, Danny's playing the main character. So I talked to him a little bit in this podcast about what it was like to balance all those different hats between acting, producing, writing, the whole process of just getting a movie made and how that works uh, as a Canadian independent filmmaker, the process it goes through, the marketing. It's really impressive to see how he's, he's put all these things together in just a few years. If you ever have a chance to see Heel Kick, make sure you do. You won't regret it. And if you're in Austin for RTX this week, go check out the Texas premiere. Here's Danny Mac. Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining me, Danny. Appreciate the syncing up the time difference and everything. Me too. Thanks, Jonah. So whereabouts are you at the moment? I am in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, um, on the uh, western hemisphere of planet Earth <laughs> in the Milky Way galaxy. It's very specific. I yeah. think you might be my first Canadian guest, so congratulations. Oh, my. It'll be very comfortable to talk about the metric system and not have to translate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we can talk about kilometers and uh, and how many <laughs> kilograms we weigh. Exactly. I don't know kilograms. I still do pounds. Oh, really? Something, I think we should mix and match, uh, right? I think... Break down the barriers. I think America's crazy... Yeah. Yeah, there's some things that I, you know, we should keep pounds, we should do pounds, but, you know, they should, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't accept that zero degrees is the point in which water freezes, it's just too perfect. Exactly. You know, we could combine things and it'd just be a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think we can compromise, we can give them feet, because I like to say, you know, six foot average height or whatever, Yes. that's great, that's I don't right. want to be saying yeah, 180 right. centimeters. Uh, <laughs> that's really weird. I'm, I'm, that sounds like a, a guy overcompensating. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll never, I'll never get uh, the Fahrenheit thing down. Anyway, uh, you are here today because, well, I'm talking to you today because you're a writer, producer, actor, director of a new movie, Heel Kick, which I got a chance to attend the premiere when I was in San Francisco. Uh, you did a bit of a Q and A after with Greg Miller, who co-produced the film, and that was really interesting. And I just thought it'd be awesome to talk to you about. A bit more about everything that went into this film because, I mean, I just uh, self-published a book and I feel like that's just a fraction of what you've been through uh, trying to get this movie together and being involved in every step. I mean, from the outside, it looks like from inception to marketing, you've been the person behind this. So take it back to maybe film school and that kind of thing as to how you got from your, I guess, love for movies to actually making one. Sure. Well, I never went to a traditional film school. I remember looking at uh, film schools when I was 15, uh, 16, and I'd always, you know, by that point, I'd been interested in auditioning for, for some commercials or any local thing that might, uh, that might come up in town. But I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, and there's not a really big film scene there. Um, so I knew one day I would have to move if it's something I wanted to pursue. Film school just seemed too expensive, and so I just sort of 
kind of let the dream die for a couple of years. But I, you know, I would always write and then and, and try and be involved when my friends would be shooting something, whether it was just like a funny YouTube sketch or uh, a local uh, play at the Fringe Film Festival, because there's a pretty good theater scene in Edmonton. But eventually, um, you know, I said film is where my passion is, and um, I just decided to uh, learn it myself and do it myself, trial by fire. So I made a film in my hometown of Edmonton with um, my longtime collaborator and friend uh, Cooper Bebo, who's also in Heel Kick and one of the producers as well. And, uh, you know, we did it, and we were able to sell it to a Canadian broadcaster, but it was just so much work doing it in a non-film community environment. Um, so we moved to Vancouver, and uh, a couple years later, we started making Heel Kick. And I think three years ago to the day, we were filming um, the, well, you've seen the movie, so you'll, you'll know, but the steroid scene was being shot three years mm. ago today, this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's uh, a throwback. <laughs> yeah. I usually talk about the hard work that goes into these projects, but I, I imagine for you there was a hardest part of each step. So writing the film, what was, or I guess, pre-production, what was the, the biggest obstacle you had to overcome? I mean, there was a few uh, big red flags that I knew I would have to address. Um, one was financing, which it always is for any independent film, well, for any filmmaker. Like Martin Scorsese just had trouble getting funding for one of his films recently. <laughs> so that that problem never goes away, so... That is not a cop-out response for any filmmaker of, of any level, but, you know, it is something you have to address. But, of course, the professional wrestling aspect was uh, going to be something that required a lot of attention, and it, it did, because, for those who don't know, the movie is about backyard wrestlers who finally begin formal training to become professional wrestlers, and I'm not... You know, I, I was I was not a professional wrestler before. I've I've never <laughs> been in a pro wrestling ring. I, I liked it growing up as a kid, and I continued learning about the backstage world of professional wrestling, which I found fascinating. Like, you know, what are the careers mm. like, and w what's real, what's not. But yeah, that I knew I would have to from scratch learn how to become a professional wrestler. Um, so that was a big hurdle as well. And that's something I'm glad you mentioned because you made the decision, I don't know if it was financial or you just wanted to do it, but you were probably the, the main role in this film. So how did you decide that you were going to take on that responsibility as not just producing and directing, but actually being in front of the camera? I mean, in a perfect world, someone would have, you know, uh, taken my idea and made a script similar to Heel Kick and then got all the funding and said, I'm going to direct it, it's going to look like The Office or meets Jackass or something like that, and they mm. would have uh, cast me in it. And, but, you know, if you have uh, a dream or an idea, especially one that's quirky or a little unusual, like Heel Kick is, you're going to have to wear many hats, and especially when you're in a lower independent level, you're going to have to do a lot of things yourself. Mm. And you know what they say, if you want something done right you have to do it yourself and you know i didn't really have the luxury of uh letting other people share my vision with me on a on a high creative level because you know that would cost a lot of money so i thought you know i started writing this and bringing people together i'm already producing it um i i know how i want it to to look um, but I'm not going to be manning the camera so i think co-directing is a good spot for me and um basically I would never ask uh, an actor to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And since there's a lot of stunts and a lot of physical uh, pain, pain that goes into the movie, I just, it was like, I have to just, I have to do everything basically. Mm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was going to call you the Canadian Spike Lee, but I don't think Spike Lee ever got body, <laughs> body slammed by a, a wrestler. So <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> what was the actual training side of this? Because I can I can just imagine the amount of pressure and you know stress that is involved in producing the movie and and making it happen and probably having deadlines and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, you're having to balance actually learning something on the go, like learning how to wrestle. But I guess you incorporated that into the actual story, didn't you? I did, yeah. There was cert- I mean, it, it was tricky. There was parts of the script that I left not unwritten, but um, you know, open to to be tinkered with because I wanted to train more to understand what those training sequences would be like, and I wanted that to be as legitimate as possible. So I, I trained for I trained for a total of about six months. So did uh, Chris Wilcox, who plays Maurice, um, with uh, ECCW, and they're the, the wrestling promotion that's prominently featured in Heel Kick, and they're a real wrestling promotion all over the Pacific Northwest here. It would have been about three months of training before we started shooting, so pretty much as soon as we got even some of the money together and knew when we wanted to shoot it, I said, okay, it's time to, to begin training to inform what the movie will feel like. So yeah, I was... Um, still training while we were shooting, but lesser so because I had already put in about three months. And then we broke. I trained for another three months, and then we came back and we shot the final sequence of the movie. Okay. And uh, I alluded to it a a few times, but uh, what was it actually like to have all those hats on at the same time in in terms of acting and directing and everything? I don't know. It was... uh... Somehow it was, I liked it. I, I like having a lot of pressure. I mean, I'm an actor as well. So when I like book like a role on a TV show here in Vancouver or like a commercial or something, I'm always shocked at how like little work I have to do. I just like sit in a trailer mm-hmm. until I'm told to, to come out and say my lines and then it's over. And I was like, what? I didn't even break a sweat because I'm just used to, yeah. uh, to wearing so many hats, as you said. Um, you know, when it's something that you're passionate about, I think. It's not only a good idea to try and put, you know, kind of a heavy load on yourself, but it's, you know, it's fun as well. I didn't overdo it, of course. I never touched the camera a single time. Um, I never, uh, I didn't even really have time to watch dailies, which isn't the wisest uh, thing to do, like to shoot your movie and then like hope it went well, like when everyone's wrapped and paid and has gone home. So, you know, there are limitations and there are drawbacks to doing so many things yourself. But again, on such a low um, scale financially, you you almost have no choice. So I liked it, but I don't know if I would do that many things again in the future. Sure. So from inception to now, I guess, with the the marketing and I guess distribution phase, how long has this... Heel Kick project being in existence? Um, well, like I said, so it's three years ago is when we were shooting the actual movie. Um, uh-huh. And we did some pickups like within a year. So, I mean, some of the shooting you could say took place over the course of three years, tech or two years technically, but um, I'd say three and a half. I started writing this like just before Christmas and really polished it up around February and started getting it out to people. And, you know, I, I just really tried to make sure that it was, the script was as strong as possible because I knew I, I couldn't pay people their full rates or certainly what they're worth because, you know, we had a really talented crew and cast. So I just thought, you know, my I've got one shot to make the script as good as possible so people will just want to work on it. And uh, thankfully people were receptive to it. Um, so, yeah, I think just over three and a half years... 
big chunk, big chunk of life. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, a lot to look back at, and I'm sure it feels good to be getting some feedback now, and people in, obviously enjoying the film. Like everyone that I saw it <laughs> with loved it. And what's it been like to have it out in the wild? It's it's amazing, and yeah, like you said, getting feedback is like oh, it just makes every bump I took worth <laughs> it, and every uh, trying to like scrape up a dollar to to make sure that things were gonna happen on time. Like I loved the movie, but I've been with it for so long, and it it came from my mind, and so I'm obviously biased, and I think that I've got a pretty good um, perceptive eye to to try and, and not to be biased. So uh, you know, I was like, I like this. I think that people will like it, but. Who knows, they might think it's weird or a little too niche. But we started doing screenings. I did my first one in my hometown. I did my second one here in Vancouver. And then I did one in Toronto. And and everyone really liked it, and I heard great things. But I was still a little like, eh, like I don't know, maybe they're trying to be nice, you know. But we were also getting <laughs> strong reviews at the same time. And I was like, well, I don't know. The editor works for that newspaper you know there's there's no reason for them to have given me a good review and then at the screening you went to in san francisco i think that was one of the biggest indicators that we might have something really good on our hands with that variety of a crowd because uh for people who don't know you were in town for kind of funny live and greg thought that would be a perfect time to do a heel kick screening so people from literally all over the world um, of all shapes and sizes and, and whatever came to see the movie. And, and I, I heard pretty positive things as well. So it, it felt good to hear them. Yeah, I bet. You mentioned Greg Miller, so I'll just ask, what did he actually do? Because he gets a co-producer Nothing. Credit, he did. But... <laughs> the fucking guy didn't do shit. And uh, it just pains me to give him any credit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Greg... You might um, listen to this. <laughs> yeah, that's the, we'll just cut out that part just for him. Greg is like, uh, just been such a, a champion, uh, for myself and, and Cooper as well and the things that we've been working on since we met him about, um, you know, two and a half years ago. Um, and he, but just the more I, I learned about him and the, uh, the better friends we became, the more I was like, oh, you, wrestling is perfect for you and, uh, like a wrestling film would be perfect for you in your catalog and, and something I think that your your fans would legitimately like. And he watched the film and he's like, okay, it's not terrible because, you know. But even he was like, I'm not sure how everyone will respond to it. He liked it and I liked it. But so Greg is, you know, sort of, I like to call him the human megaphone. He kind of just, he, he's just so good at spreading the word about something that he feels is right up his alley. So he's been instrumental and just like little things that, you know, he's never gotten credit for. Like he reaches out to the, to festivals and, uh, and theater owners and he tries to get publications to review the film and he connects me with everybody. So, um, Greg is the reason anyone has heard of Heel Kick. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he also had some, uh, cool insights when we were shooting his uh, little tiny scene that you see mm -hmm. in the movie as well. Yeah, cool. That's mm -hmm. cool. Because I, I knew that he had done some back, backyard wrestling in his earlier years. <laughs> yeah. like, it definitely like syncs up in terms of him being the right person to understand what's happening in this thing yeah it's it's it was up his alley and it was cool he like showed us like there's all this footage we couldn't use but he like he brought out um like his uh like an old photo album oh you've seen them? And he, uh, oh. yeah not video but it's like photos of like him and his friend poe when they're like 14 just like beating each other up on a lawn and like they stole like signs from the side of the road like construction zones <laughs> yeah it was so good it was, i'm like wow everyone did this stupid crap it wasn't just me and my friends that's it 
So now that you're in this phase where you are doing premieres and you're doing interviews and everything, stupid podcasts with Australian guys. My favorite kind. <laughs> what are you trying to do now? Because I know that you mentioned you were trying to get it onto Netflix, but is there some chance that this will get picked up and shown in theaters kind of you know, worldwide? Or what's the best case scenario and what are you actually aiming for? I mean, there's best realistic case scenario I'll give you, and that's that um, I, I, I kind of want to self-distribute the film, uh, but I think I would need some help distributing it through Europe and, you know, like Australia, and, like, I, I don't really have uh, the means to, to do things like translate the film into other languages, and I, I don't really have connections with, you know, Netflix. Every country has their own specific Netflix lineup. Um, but that being said, a European distributor to help me with um, your side of the planet, and uh, I can hopefully handle um, this side of it. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I don't think like a wide theatrical release is 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 possible for Heel Kick. I don't know. Like, I like seeing it in a the theater, and I think it plays well. But you know, it, it's tough to draw a crowd to a theater these days. Even um, you know, even for Heel Kick, knowing that uh, you know, like I'll be there and Greg will be there, and it's only one screening in a city, and then we're gonna go party afterwards. Like, even that requires a little bit of work, and it sounds like a fun, a fun evening and a sweet deal. But I don't know. Uh, I, I definitely think, however, that once it's released on iTunes, which will be the first thing that happens, um, I would love to to climb up to the top of the new and interesting category, okay. and um, I would like to, yeah, just have a bit of buzz around the film to a point where, you know, this is uh, people's... Ideally, I want to be everyone's favorite professional wrestling movie. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of competition, but there is some competition. <laughs> I know. That's the, like, worst case scenario, I will have the second funniest wrestling yeah. movie of all time. Like, if I fail miserably, that's still, you know, I'll still have that yeah. title anyway. You're coming for David Arquette. You're coming to take him down. Ready to rumble. He's been nice. He's like, he's tweeted us really. and like cool. wished us good luck like twice. Yeah, he's a cool that's guy. Awesome. So I, I want to send him a copy of the movie. Yeah, nice. so, sorry to take the title, champ, but, <laughs> but, uh, I'm a fan, but it had to be done. Uh, it's been a while. I had a good run with the belt. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No one likes a belt hog. That's it. So I, I've, I've I've asked you a couple times about specific things, but overall, what was the hardest part of this entire project? <clears throat> well, while we were shooting it, the hardest part was probably the final scene of the movie. Um, I think we went over this a little bit during the Q&A, but um, the final scene of the movie is a live wrestling match that uh, myself and uh, my co-star are in, and it is at a live professional wrestling show, an ECCW show. So the thing about that is that the audience is... They're, they're not extras. Like, we didn't, we don't know any of the people in the audience except for a few friends or some of the cast that we planted in there. We just inserted our match into one of their live shows that they do every month or several times a month. So, that was scary because you can't cut, um, the, the crowd. Like, we just wanted audi- uh, honest audience crowd reactions. So, we, we didn't want them to, you know, really make it seem like it was, you know, now everyone to start cheering again, and now you're going to boo this guy. Like, that would just ruin the authenticity completely. So, um, w- basically, we just had to train to be as good as possible so that we didn't screw up a single time in a live match and capture all the moments, including crowd reactions, um, different camera angles of, of uh, some of the big moves and the big finish at the end and stuff like that. So, logistically, that was pretty frightening, mm. and... 
The, it, it actually went off without a hitch, and the fact that you can't cut or you can't do a second take, while that's terrifying, you also have the benefit of, like, that will only take an hour no matter what, good or bad, and then it will be over. Um, so the pressure was extremely high, but it didn't take that long, if you don't count the six months of training before <laughs> we actually did that match. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was probably, like, what I would say is the most difficult part of, of the shooting. Yeah. Okay. The the real most difficult part is spreading the word about the film. Yeah. Um, because there's so much noise out there, and there's so and now professional wrestling is having this resurgence of popularity. Whereas, like when I was writing this three and a half years ago, like no one, it, I I felt like I was in a wasteland talking about professional wrestling, and I'm like, didn't everyone watch it as a kid and then like goof off in their backyard and and have like hardcore matches and and you know people were like, yeah, I suppose so, but it just when I would try and pitch the movie to people, whether it was you know, like everyone thought it sounded funny, but I remember going to Santa Monica for the American film market and pitching it to executives. And they were all, they all made the same, like they would laugh and they would watch footage and they would think it was funny. And they had no idea that I was the guy in the movie yeah. as well, which was hilarious because I'm showing them the, the scenes. But they would all kind of have the same face where they'd be like, okay. And you could see them trying to like figure out how they're going to market it. Yeah. Because it didn't really, you know, it didn't really fit in with anything that they were doing. And, you know, I would tell people, no, it's like Spinal Tap. And, and they're like, yeah, but Spinal Tap was a slow burn. Like, it didn't, like, explode mm. and become the number one uh, mockumentary of all time overnight. So even my, like, references to what the movie would be like <laughs> weren't popular enough to excite them. I should have just lied and yeah. said, you know... I don't know. It'll be like the Transformers 2 of <laughs> professional wrestling. I don't know if that movie was popular. Yeah, that, might, that might have worked. You, you mentioned yeah, that they didn't recognize you. When you got up for the Q&A after the screening, I didn't recognize you because there's kind of three versions of you. There's the one that I'm looking at now on Skype. There's the guy right. at the start of this movie, and then there's somewhat of a body transformation as you got more fit and in shape for the end of the film. Mm -hmm. So. Can you talk about that side of things and tell me how much weight did you have to put on and how much did you have to cut back? I started recognizing like right away into our training that I was getting, I was like, I'm going to get injured like really quickly. I, I weighed, I, I probably weighed back uh, when I started training what I do right now, um, which is about 170 I don't know, 175, something like that. And I was just like, I was like, I'm so brittle. This sucks. I'm like, I need to gain weight. And I'm like, I knew I would need to eventually get into a little bit of better shape for the film anyway, but, like, so instantly I was like, okay, I need to just put weight on. So eventually I gained, like, 20 to 25 pounds. I got pretty close to 200 at one point, and then, um, you know, I slimmed down a little bit um, as I just, you know, was training more and, and just naturally getting into better shape, and then I would train... I would, I would take the, uh, I would take the shuttle, uh, across town to the wrestling gym, like three or four times a week. I would train there for anywhere from 90 minutes to three hours and then train home for another hour. And then I would go to the gym and work out for an hour or so after that while, you know, drinking as many like protein weight gainer shakes <laughs> as I possibly could. I just asked the biggest wrestlers on the roster. I'm like, what should I do? And they're like, Go go buy this protein powder, have it this many scoops, this many times a day, and make sure you're working out, and it will just happen. And I was like, okay, because I'm not really a very athletic guy. I was, I've never had, like, <laughs> big muscles or whatever before. And then they're right. Like, just the more that you start doing this stuff and making a routine, you get bigger. So I think the I, I, what you see in the movie, I'm about 
193 194 at the end during that final match but yeah that was that was uh, an extra hurdle to have yeah. to hop over as well this whole body change and doing it yourself you know you see a lot of like someone gets uh, cast an actor to be in a superhero movie and then they release pictures on set of how huge they are all of a sudden or how ripped they are and uh, that's that's pretty cool but uh, like I didn't have a team to help me. I didn't have like uh, you know someone making my meals three times a day, and then a personal trainer making me do this. I just had to like ask other wrestlers like what I should do, and then just kind of go handle it on my own when I wasn't writing or producing or, or making you know putting things together for the film. So yeah, that was a challenge, mostly because mm. I'm so stupid when it comes to fitness. <laughs> that that probably played well into the film because uh, I guess oh, you know. <laughs> You're drinking the chocolate shake with the ice cream and everything. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. And apologies oh, to you. our Australian listeners for promising kilograms and delivering in pounds. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you are Canadian. You're, we're not going to hold it against you. You're, you're too close. Thank you. America's tainted you. <laughs> I'll always apologize, though. That's all I'll right. I'll always apologize. you gotta, you got to keep it real. Uh, so That's right. What would be your advice to anyone who wants to go through any of the stuff you have whether it's you know getting a movie pitch together or making the film actually happen because so many people probably start something they never finish or even just getting spreading the word out there have you got any general advice that applies I would just say, especially in regards to filmmaking, go out and do it. Um, there are no excuses anymore, and any, anyone who works in the film industry will tell you this. Like, If you have to, you can shoot something half-decent on your phone. Um, so, you know, wow. that, wasn't, that wasn't a fact like five years ago, but then all of a sudden, it is. Um, obviously, I wouldn't recommend like pouring your efforts into something and then just shooting it on your phone if you don't have to, but... It really just the point is to to make these things happen. I don't have any distinct advantages in regards to being a filmmaker and I have I have like two feature films that I've wrote and uh, I've sold one of them and now Heel Kick is going really well and it's just because I just decided to commit to it. And that's the other thing. I think people should ask themselves if you know, doing something like making a film is something that they really want to do because it requires a lot of sacrifice and that's one of the things that I wanted to show in heel kick, um, that going for your dream, it feels great once you start doing it, but you realize that it takes away from other aspects of your life. So if you like sleeping in, or if you like how much money you currently make, or if you like the amount of time you get to spend with your friends and family, once you start going for your dream, like some of those dominoes are going to fall yeah. and things are going to change. So it's not a matter of like how bad you want your dream. It's a matter of like how okay you are going to be with changing your life completely on the way to it okay and you probably won't get to that finish line um for a long time and so just just make sure that you're in it for the long haul and if you are in the idea of struggling but getting better every time still excites you then you know what you should do for a living and with the rest of your life that's cool danny uh, so the last question if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail what would you do um, I feel like I'm kind of doing it and I've, you know, I've, I've had like little failures and little successes along the way, but if I could do anything, you know, I, I think I would like to, um, 
I've been like wanting to like learn like dance more and more lately, which is something that never interested me at all growing up. But I just recognize that like dancing, I, maybe it was when I started like learning professional wrestling because it, it's so much like a dance. It's an athletic uh, display, really. It's, it's, it's choreographed, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's art meets um, athletics. And yeah, so I just gained a, a newfound respect for dance. So, But I also know that I would not be good at it. So <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like your next movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I just need to find some weird dance, like kind of dance, that if I made a, a bad dance movie of that kind of dance, I'd still have like the best, like, you know, do another heel kick where I'm the most yeah. niche form of it. It could be called pirouette and you could be, you know, someone that bums around at home dancing around the kitchen and there's a dancing school in town. Yeah. Gonna write this down, hold and, uh, on. <laughs> you know, the brother comes in and, and tells him to get his life together. In what universe do you think you're gonna be a professional yeah, dancer? Exactly. <laughs> Just recycle recycle all the jokes from heel kick. I'm sure the heel kick fans would appreciate the references. <laughs> I hope anyone who likes heel kick comes along for the ride for whatever I do next, because I'm yes. sure there's some pro wrestling fans. Who, who like the movie, but I'm probably not going to make another professional wrestling movie. So um, yeah. I, I hope that just the style of filmmaking comes across and, and the kind of comedy, because that will, that will be dominant in everything that I do, I think. Okay. I'm finding my voice more and more as a filmmaker. Do you think that the mockumentary style is something that you'll stick with, being uh, experienced in that and kind of coming from a, a place where it's a pretty, I guess, popular format? I'm a big Trailer Park Boys fan for example. Oh, nice. Yeah, I always wonder how, like, popular Trailer Park Boys are, truly are outside of Canada, because, you know, they're everywhere here. They seem to do live shows in Europe and stuff, so I yeah. think that they are a niche thing, but they, they have traveled right. here. They do have diehard fans. Uh, yeah, I like the mockumentary form. I, I like to challenge myself um, and just do something different every time, but, I mean, I had so much fun with it, and I love, you know, poking fun at filmmaking, and... Inherently, whatever your movie's about, if it's a mockumentary, it's also about filmmaking, making a movie. So there's probably just as many jokes about making movies in Heel Kick as there are about professional wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, I might do another one. Thanks so much for your time, Danny. I appreciate uh, the chat, and it's always good to pick the brain of someone who's been through uh, so much of this creative work. Thanks, Jono. Yeah, I hope uh, I delivered some insights, and at the very least, uh, let people know where they can find the second funniest wrestling movie of all time. That was Danny Mac. You can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Danny Mac. You can check out Heel Kick at Heel Kick Movie on Twitter or the website heelkickmovie.com. Get around it, support a great guy, and of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jono himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.